Hi, welcome back to Shop Talk with the Sheriff. I'm Sheriff Gregory Tony. Thank you for joining us here on our podcast. Uh, today we bring in a special guest, uh, Casey McGovern, who actually is going to help us out, help the community out with educating us on a little bit about water safety. As you all know, we are here in the lovely South Florida, and there are canal banks and access to all sorts of waterways, in addition to the high volume of pools that we have in our residential communities. And so this is not something that we take lightly, and we figure we bring in our experts. You know. So let me get, just give you a little bit of background, uh, understanding who we are going to have on here and talk and speak in terms of some of the things we can do. Casey has served as the Drowning Prevention Program Supervisor with the Florida Department of Health, Health here in Broward County for the past seven years. Uh, in addition, she's created a multitude of innovative and creative educational programs for, for the community, really trying to mitigate risk factors when it comes to drowning. And so uh, she brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table, and will have a chance to talk to us about some kind of do's and don'ts and things that we should probably be aware of. And, you know, really quickly, uh, Casey, I say welcome. Uh, thank you for coming and joining us today. And, you know, I always try to look at the backstory, like what's the driving force behind what got you involved, what got you engaged and said, hey, this is a much bigger issue than most people realize. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what that driving element was and where you are now. Thank you so much for having me first and foremost and, and uh, raising awareness for water safety, especially around this time, we definitely need all the help we can get. Um, my backstory is a little different than most. I'm definitely committed to the topic, there's no doubt, but I bring a unique perspective. Uh, back in August of 2009, um, our daughter found her way out to our backyard pool and unfortunately drowned. Um, I was at home with all three of my girls my husband was at home as well. And it was just one of those busy summer days where we were getting ready for school, just got back from vacation. And we just spent the day in the pool. Unfortunately, getting out staggered, um, the gate was left open. We did have a pool gate around our fence, um, but the gate was left open. And so at that point, we also used floaties a lot. Um, but fast forward, um, the incident happened on a Monday. She was brought to the hospital and uh, fought for her life for the entire week. Then of the week, we had to say goodbye to her. Um, upon saying goodbye to her, I made her a promise that I would raise awareness and spend my life committing, um, my life committing to raising awareness and saving as many lives as possible. And um, I haven't looked back since. I've just been marching forward with her help on my shoulder, just um, trying to save as many lives as possible. Well, Casey, I say one thank you for sharing your story, and then also for just. Um, being who you are and making it through such a, a tragic moment in your family's life and then being able to transition it into something that will benefit the whole community. Um, you know, I think that that's a rarity uh, to see people take tragedies and develop them into some type of strength and benefit for other people that you may not ever meet, that you may not ever know. Uh, and that was one of the driving forces behind my life and the tragedies I've had to endure was to take those tragedies, convert them into something positive and serve somebody else. So welcome. Thanks again. Uh, you know, one of the things um, I would say is let's talk about some of the early, you know, preventative things and, and that most households could do. Uh, the simple things. I think you don't have to go out and spend a lot of money and, and dedicate a lot of resources. But what are some of the simple things that if you own a resident, if you have access to a pool uh, that you can put in place to help reduce any chance of having someone drown? That's a great point. Um, we kind of think about it as a five-step process. First and foremost, just recognize that drownings are preventable. They don't have to happen um, if we did simple things and put them in place. 
and understand that actually a drowning can happen to anybody at any point. And so I think that just the knowledge of that piece of it is, is crucial for families to understand. The second piece is supervision. Supervision when you're near any body of water in any capacity, never, ever, ever leave your child unattended near any body of water. All it takes is two inches of water for a drowning to occur. So even a bucket, even the cooler that you have for the barbecue, two inches of water, knowledge is power, knowing that um, the supervision is key. When you're in the home, it's another piece of it. Supervision is key, but you also have to live, you have to cook dinner, you have to help other siblings with homework, you have to load the dishwasher. And so that's where the other steps come in, where we talk about layers of protection. Layers of protection are door chimes on any door leading outside. They could be purchased from Amazon, Home Depot, Lowe's very inexpensively. Um, actually, they have a two pack for about $10 that can be attached with 3M tape, so they're easy to install. And what that does is no matter where you are in the home, when that door is open by any in any capacity, it lets a loud sound off. And there's a door chime and then there's another piece of it that goes. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of people complain about them being very annoying and, and loud and everything else, but it's worth saving your child's life. Absolutely. So definitely keep that piece because especially when there's other children in the home, you know, you have an older sibling goes out to play basketball in the front yard, doesn't leave that door completely shut, that door will chime and allow the mom or the dad or the caregiver to know that that door is open, breaching that um, barrier, allowing that child to gain access. The next line of defense is if you have any near any body of, of water near your home, make sure you have fencing around that body of water. Again, it's just buying yourself some time. It's not gonna, nobody is drown proof and nothing is gonna drown proof your child. But again, it just buys you a little bit of time. Um, the next step is swim lessons. Swim lessons um, definitely in this area are needed. We live in a community that has water absolutely everywhere. That's we, awesome. need to know, we need to know the basics. And last but not least, CPR. So it's supervision, layers of protection, um, which are the door chimes as well as the pool fence swim lessons and CPR. Can I, let me just expand some, um, really a question I have, you know, how early is, is too early for, you know, a, a youth or a child to start participating in swim lessons? Anything that you've known out there or seen in terms of studies, is it better for a two-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old? Um, I think that that's a really controversial question, uh, first and foremost. Well, that's what I do on this show. I bring up controversy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people that say that swim lessons can't really be taught until the age of three. However, there's a lot of swim lessons that begin as early as six months. And I feel personally, as long as you start them early and you teach them to respect the water and have a love of the water, that when those lessons start, then they won't be afraid. Because unfortunately, a lot of parents, what they do relating to pools and water safety and swimming is when that child goes near that body of water, the parent or the caregiver screams and ah, and and so it evokes such an anxiety for that child so that when lessons are started a little bit later, what happens is they have like that fear built in. Sure. Um, and so I think that starting them early, having those conversations early are incredibly important. And in Broward County, um, just to expand on that and give you a little bit of resources now, um, in Broward County, the swim lessons um, can be started as early as six months. Most of the providers actually start them as early as six months. And Children's Services Council um, funds a swim coupon that is available for every child in Broward County, six months to four years of age for free. And so they can apply for one session of lessons every single year through the watersmartbroward.org website. 
And again, what that gives of any um, Broward County resident, six months to four years of age to their fifth birthday, one session of lessons. And that could be six to eight lessons to really get them started. And then they can reapply every year after that until okay. they reach five. So it's a really great resource and also just encourages most parents to start them early. But yeah, I agree. And although there's no concrete uh, number, a definitive number to say, hey, when they're three or five years old, it sounds like the sooner the better. Uh, no harm, no foul. If you get right. them engaged, it's only going to be beneficial. Um, from a statistics, statistics standpoint, things that you've seen, uh, how deadly are, you know, we talk about Florida, just the, the nature of all the waterways. Uh, where does drowning kind of rank up when you talk about, you know, cause of death in, in, in particular age groups? Drowning is the number one cause of unintentional death for children one to four. And currently, Broward County has suffered the loss of seven children just this year alone. Um, so we did not start out to, uh, 2021 on a very good note for Broward County. Um, and so unfortunately, we have a lot of work to do because what we usually see is um, our entire year has seven drownings, seven to eight drownings on average. And we're already at seven for, you know, we haven't even started summer. And so drowning is the number one cause of death for children, um, one to four. And Broward tends to lead the counties in the state of Florida as well. And so it's a statistic that we really want to try to improve. We want to get rid of. We want more people to know um, the risk factors, the resources, and that it can happen to you. Now, what are you going to do? You know, everybody has these different plans in place. You have a flat tire. You have a plan. You have a fire in your home. You have a plan. Everybody has to understand that they need to have a plan when it comes to water safety as well. You know, that's a very good, good point you put out there. And, you know, one thing I want to talk about, if we can, uh, just another kind of tip facet, you know, things that you would want to share with people. Uh, I can say from being a law enforcement officer, I've gone out to homes and literally been in a pool helping parents pull their kids out. And, you know, if you're out and you're in your barbecue and you're missing your child and you don't see them, wh what should the parents be doing first? Um, if you're having a barbecue, first and foremost, I really encourage all parents to be watching and assigning a water watcher um, at any point when there's a gathering, when there's anybody in the water in any capacity, there should be somebody watching the water and making sure that everybody is safe because drowning can actually happen to an adult too, you know, and that's the thing that people don't understand is we actually lose more adults than children. However, children are the most at risk. And so, you know, that's what we want to make sure is that we always assign a water watcher um, during barbecues. Somebody, even if you take increments, should be wearing the water watcher lanyard or, or specifying that I'm going to be watching the water and I'm constantly going to be keeping my eyes on the water, not looking at my phone, not eating a burger. I'm going to be watching them. And it's capable knowing that they actually will be able to rescue them appropriately and, and also sober. You know, because again, that's a big factor, you know, to make sure that whoever is assigning the water watcher or is the water watcher that they um, are capable to do so and be able to rescue that person. Um, I would also I would also imagine that if you have the capability of assigning somebody to be that water watcher, uh, if they're CPR certified, uh, that's a perk. So kind of do a poll in your audience or in your guests population of, hey, who, hey, John, are you CPR certified? Lisa, are you CPR? Yeah, all right, you're on Water Watch detail today. Yeah, because the chances of survival go up drastically if a bystander starts CPR immediately. But if your child is, let's say, on the iPad in the home at one point or another, to go back to like even the Water Watcher piece of it or the supervision, um, watching on the iPad, you're loading the dishwasher, and then all of a sudden you look up and they're not on the iPad or coloring whatever they're doing, 
you want to always make sure you check the water first. In my situation with, with my daughter, um, she was on the opposite side of the counter as I put groceries away. I walked out of the room that she was in. I came back and she wasn't there. She wasn't where I had left her in the rocking chair with the snack. And so again, I was very complacent. I was very comfortable. Um, I started to kind of walk around my house, bedroom to bedroom, looking for her, um, thinking there was nothing wrong with it. And unfortunately, by the time I made my way outside, those seconds added up and it was a little just too late uh, for my family. And so I really just encourage, and that's my motto is always check the water first. Any type of water that you may have around your house, make sure that you check those areas first because if they're in their home in some capacity, they may be causing a mess or so have some havoc, but they're gonna be safe. Seconds count when they're near any body of water. And so it's really, really crucial that you know enough to check the water first. Sure. In your research and, and being an advocate uh, for water safety, have you learned anything or seen anything a little different uh, in terms of what the response should be when we're dealing with a, a, con a controlled environment in the sense of a, a pool in your house versus a canal bank or, you know, um, anything different there? I think that knowing that you should not jump in after, no matter if it's a controlled environment or a canal or even the, the beach. You should never ever play the lifeguard or the or the lifesaver necessarily. You should always practice the reach throw, don't go. Because again, what happens with a drowning victim, depending on the size of them, is they use you as the ladder. And so they start to kind of climb up you and they become, they start to pull you down. And even strong lifeguards have trouble with that and they're trained to do this. And so making sure that you rescue appropriately, look for that limb, look for something to grab, to throw it to the person that's in that body of water in any capacity and reach to pull them out. You need to have leverage and lay on your belly to be able to pull them out safely. But again, you know, when you're at the beach, make sure that you always swim near a lifeguard. Always, always, always. And don't play the lifeguard either. If you see somebody struggling, even if it's your own child, make sure that you, you alert the, the lifeguard. If not, call 911. I know that it must be very difficult to do that. But at the same time, what you'll do is become another victim of that. And so um, canals are the same situation. We don't know what's at the bottom of those canals. And so making sure that we know how to rescue appropriately is incredibly important. Well, listen, for those of you who just jumped in halfway through our discussion, uh, today's special guest has been talking to us about water safety. It is Casey McGovern, who has been an advocate and educator in drowning prevention programs uh, here in the state of Florida and most certainly in, in Broward County. Uh, Casey, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, I, there's, I can probably keep you in here for another hour because I know you know what you're talking about. But I want to say, one, thank you for joining us and, and coming in and not only sharing your expertise but sharing your story. Um, I know uh, how difficult it must have been to make that transition and to continue to educate and talk about your personal uh, suffering. But you, you've done it so eloquently, and, and we're proud of you, and I appreciate you coming here and educating our community. So. Uh, here at the Sheriff's Office, you have our 1,000 plus percent support. We'll continue to push the educational aspect out there from our agency. Uh, for those of you who heard in on the conversations about the importance of getting CPR, I just want to add in that we provide CPR training here to our community for free. You can go on to sheriff.org, um, sign up, get enrolled. If you're interested in getting CPR trained and certified, it's just another good skill to have that someday, hopefully, you never have to use, but if you know it, you'll be able to save a life. So, Casey, thanks again for coming in today. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. For all you joining us, thank you for joining me on Shop Talk with the Sheriff. 
Remember to follow me on Instagram at BSO Sheriff Tony. It's not a stunt double. It's me. Also subscribe to pot to our podcast. So you get early alerts for every new episode. In the meantime, stay safe, be humble, and try to love somebody a little bit more than you love yourself. Take care.